Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting and hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BLEAV for 50% off your, your welcome deposit on your first deposit. Again, that's Bet Online, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals centric specific show where, of course, we wax poetic about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am one of your co hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And if you're watching this, I got paint. I got paint on. I painted myself. I got paint. Oh, you painted. No, see? no. That just for man. I got, I, I painted. And so, so, uh, and so we cover this. And again, I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me is the man who played not only professional baseball, but also in the uh, National Football League for that first Super Bowl bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm talking about none other than uh, author and motivational speaker, Ed Smith. What is good, my brother? Hey, I meant to paint this week, man, and I, I, I just couldn't do it. I was so beat up yesterday. Went upstairs to do it, and I was like, nah, I'll just wait. So you, you're ahead of the game, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do. Uh, so for those who are listening, uh, who listen maybe just to this podcast, we do a lot of different things. And so when we do our uh, uh, Easy Sports Talk Show podcast a little bit later this morning. I'll probably get into kind of the reason why I did it. But anyway, every once in a while, because sometimes you know your significant other get on get on your head about, oh, you look so great. If you just did a little bit of, <laughs> you look so much better. And then my youngest son is, yo, dad, you got them waves. You got them waves. I said they always there. Well, I can see them now. Anyway, so so we do this thing <laughs> twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. Monday we look back on the on the game that just took place, and on Thursdays we look ahead to the next opponent. And I think uh, we can't wait to look ahead to the next opponent. But first, got to get through this one. So the Arizona Cardinals, they welcome. Can I say one it's thing? Funny be- yes, you can. Think, think, uh, I guess that half-point spread they were looking at didn't work out. Somebody had that, that one off for this game. <laughs> Man, yeah, because it it was a half it was half point, wasn't it? No, it was. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that hook was point, the thing, they call half it. point it spread matter. that I saw. Yeah, ridiculous. So yeah, it, it a little more lopsided than most thought. Yes. Most definitely. So let's get to it a little bit. So the Arizona Cardinals, they welcomed the Los Angeles Rams to uh to State Farm Stadium. And I yeah, so so just enjoying a four or five day kind of holiday week weekend, so to speak. Uh, I I forgot that they were playing at home, but uh, and, and the funny thing was, Ed, because you know I live right near the stadium, real close to like a stone's throw away from the stadium. The traffic wasn't as bad as you as as it would be on let's say weeks one through eleven, right? And so you could tell the difference, maybe in terms of the apathy yeah. or the lack of interest for it, and that was uh, that was that was evident in the lack of traffic. Yeah, you can see even in the stadium stands, it was it was light and and um, you know when things were happening, it seemed like there were a lot more 
roars for the opposing team than our Cardinals. And, I mean, that could also be just accounted for because there weren't a whole lot of things to roar for for the Cardinals. But, yeah, it was. I could tell it was light up in there. And I was wondering how the seating, you know, how the traffic uh, would be for you because, yeah, it did, it did look like there was, uh, like you said, the apathy has begun to set in. Yes. So let's get to it. So the the final score, 37-14, Los Angeles Rams uh, over the Cardinals, and it really wasn't even that close. One of the So I want to get your thoughts on this game. I do want to throw a stat at you. I want to throw a stat. I heard this yesterday listening to the postgame. So the Cardinals have won the, the turnover battle six games this season, six in six games this season. And in those games, they are one and five. Wow, that's hard to do when you're getting the ball from the other team. You're supposed to actually be winning more of those games. But, yeah, well, yes. I mean, a lot of that comes from, you know, I, one, we're just not that talented. But, you know, when 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 you look at how we, you know, the game plan even, it was, I don't know what they were thinking in terms of, you know, coming out and, you know, first drive looked good, Jay. And once again, we didn't score, you know, we didn't score till the, the, the later part of the fourth, you know, into the fourth quarter. So there's a lot of gap in there in between where we're not doing a whole lot with this ball. You know, a lot of, you know, three and outs, a lot of, a lot of completing passes. But once again, our passes are side to side. We're not going up the field a lot. And is that a sign of what, I mean, if, you, if all elements are the same, meaning we have the same quarterback in there now, but we're still getting the same results, you know, with different game plan, mm. you know, is it the quarterback that – because nothing is vertical. Everything is side to side. I mean, he completed 33 – no, he, Kyler completed 27 passes for 256 yards. I mean, I, mean I, I guess that's average, but still a lot of our stuff, is, you know, up side to side, very horizontal. And I'm not sure whether that's a, a trait of the quarterback or the game plan that was put in. But and, and we can talk about that under center. There's still not a whole lot of under center, bro. It's a, a lot. Let's of, get to that, know. matter of fact. Let's wow. get to it. So that so the Cardinals on their second drive, I believe it was that they, they, they scored on their second drive. And what was interesting is that Kyler was under center like five five yeah. times during that drive. And then the rest of the game, it was non-existent. I mean, how do you, yeah. there's something that we say about how do you get, how do you get better? How do you get better using your Traeger? You use the Traeger often, right? You don't just use it once and yeah. say, I didn't do a good job. I think, uh, I think I'll try next month. No, no, no. You better use it a couple times, maybe a couple times a week. You, you get what I'm saying? It's that frequency, it's that consistency. But then also on the coaches, because you're the ones calling the plays. So if you saw that you had success with him being under center, let's under center a little bit more. Because if this season is a, a wash, then if this season is, is down the drain, then we got to at least get him comfortable so that when next season comes, if he's on this team, that he is comfortable with being under center more often than not. That would be my game plan. Or will you go find someone who's more comfortable doing it uh, under center? Because like I said, it's just not, I don't know. It just does not look, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to get the words for what Kyler looks like. And it just, I don't know. You always say it, Jay, it just doesn't quite curl here. I don't know. Something's just not right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's just not right when it comes to, 
how it's supposed to look out there. And I will say this much, though. The lack of talent around him is also showing as well. You saw what Stafford's able to do with those. You know, he got Williams back. He, you know, he uh, had Cooper Cup out there, Puka. Uh, they seem to have, you know, it's hard as, you know, to imagine, you know, because you think they had uh, stripped their coverage bare as well. But they just the Rams have more talent than us. When teams have more talent, you can see what they can do. So, and, you know, I didn't like the, like I said, I'll speak on it, the game plan in terms of the running game. We didn't get that going or we bailed on that too quickly. And also some of the decisions that they make, that fourth down decision, you know, I don't mind the decision, but the play itself got to be a little more creative. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't see things clicking right now. So let's get into a little bit. So let's take go into the kind of the, the decision making in terms of play calling, like going away from the run game. I believe what uh, Connor had how many rushes? He, he had what I think six rushes, if I'm not mistaken. Rushes, if yeah, we're looking six. at that, uh, let me see. Let me look at the. Six rushes. How do you, even if the game is starting to get away from you a little bit, but you got to have more rushing attempts, if nothing else, in that first half as you're trying to say, this is what our DNA is. We're going to stick with the game plan. Maybe in the third quarter, we have to flush it all and try to try to regroup and adjust, but you, but you give up on it so quickly. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was a, a priority even right from the, the start. I mean, if you look at it, we came out of the first quarter with the lead, eight to seven. And and I will say something just wasn't quite clicking in terms of even sustaining drives because it seemed like it seemed like the, the Rams had the ball for an exorbitant amount of time when we, you know, were pitter-pattering even round into the second quarter. It just seemed like they controlled the ball, even though the score was 8-7. to seven. And then the next thing you know, they started grinding in that second uh, quarter and scored twice and then, you know, going into halftime 21-8. to eight. And then there was, you know, the gaffe at the end of the first quarter, half with the, I think we kicked the field goal, but we had a penalty that took that off the board. So just, you know, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, and I, you know, I, you, you would imagine we would have got another crack at it. Yeah. But because time expired, they were able to take the penalty, no additional play and we don't get those points. So just, you know, too many mistakes. A team like this can't afford to make those mistakes when you're actually when you're lacking in talent. But just the, the ball just never seemed to to drop the Cardinals' way in this game. It just everything that could go wrong kind of did. And at the end of the first half, that was just kind of more of the same, you know. With the things that we talk about, so we've talked a bit about. We're gonna we'll get into Kyler a little bit more, but a lot of this stuff, I think. Then I want to get into what I was hearing uh, today. You might have heard this this morning as well, but zombie football might be coming. And get into what that what that definition of what that means, and if you agree with that, or, or uh, I think another way of saying it, business decisions might be on the way, and that might be some of the oh, things yeah. that we saw during this game. But if we get into, we, we've talked about the coaches and and putting in the culture and all the things that go along with that. But what is it like from a player's perspective if? Your coaches, yes, they're new to this, but uh, you've talked about it last week. I think it will, if you get to a certain point in the season, you're no longer a rookie, right? So you get to a certain part in the season, you're no longer just a first year head coach. You should got, you got enough under, under your belt to be able to at least be confident about it. If you see that your coaches, uh, are, are making the plays that they're putting in, 
are, are a little bit suspect. What does that do for you as a player? Well, you know, it's it does kind of start to hit you, especially around this part of the time of the season where we're supposed to be getting more, you know, I guess more out of what we're doing. And the, the and as you mentioned, rookies are no longer rookies on the field as well as the coaching staff. And players can look and they can start to, to get the sense that this is what our coaching staff is. And it doesn't, you know, it's not, there's nothing exotic about them. There's, but part of that might be because they're still learning and still a little tentative to pull the trigger, but at the same time, you got to start thinking. I was even imagining there would be more, you know, fake punts. I did like the fake punt that we ran. I would just think there would be more of that. And when you got Kyler Murray back in the offense, I thought there'd be more creativeness. You know, you got this tool. But here's the thing, Jay. Some of the things are working against this team. they, They had got their franchise quarterback back. But they're still probably scared to throw him out there and let him be full Kyler because of the injury factor, because they're still not sure what they're doing next year. And if they do know what they are doing next year or where the the direction they're leaning, then, you know, it's even more pause uh, for the cause, you know, because maybe they don't want to have it, it, it. I'll ask you, I because to me it looks like Murray is really not. I wouldn't say tentative, but not willing to pull the 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 ripcord and get out of that pocket as much as he used to, you know, as he normally does. There were a few times, and I know mm-hmm. I, I would take, I will credit the um, Rams defense. They did exactly what. They always their philosophy with with Murray is we're gonna get our ends to to maintain contain up you know and then pressure him in his lap so he can't escape so they did a pretty good job of that but still I was you know expecting Murray to you know scramble a little more get out of there create and it's not and that might be the part where he's not quite confident in that knee enough to get out there so he's you know still you know not quite. A full Murray, and they might know that. And like I said, then you throw in all the other factors. It just it, do, it just doesn't look like he's all the way back from this knee, and it's going to take time. And that there, therein lies the question of how do they value evaluate him if they're you know, and maybe they see more in practice. I don't know, but he just doesn't look like his normal self to this point. And you know, maybe they've advised him not to to be too crazy out there on the field, but you know, there's a lot to be, to, you know, it's going to be a lot of speculation. And then, you know, we'll see if my theory is correct moving yeah. forward. If we get to a point, you know, two and 10 now, maybe it get to a point where, okay, we've seen enough. I don't know. All right. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Again, I want to get into that, that question of either businesses, business decisions or zombie football in just a second. But I do want to ask this. So I, I came across an article. It was after the game. Uh, Dan Bickley it, written it. It wrote it. And uh, and he talks about the, you know, one, two, three, the three games worth of Kyler Murray. The first excitement. The second one was a little bit of a hiccup. And the third was, for the most part, it was, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it was a lot of what we have been, what we got from him last season and the season before, which was some of those duds. You just don't know. So is this, it's, it's almost as if this is who Kyler is, or do they have to take more of a strong hand 
in molding or reshaping this young man to do things that he's not comfortable with. Because if this is the collar that we're going to get more of that, a lot of that up and down. And a lot of the the turbulence in the stock market, so to speak, that 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 uh, rising and falling action, then that's not going to be necessarily good enough to get this team where they want to be consistently, at least in the playoffs, if nothing else. Yeah, and I almost saw a couple times where he was tempted, meaning Kyler was tempted to throw those hands up, where like in frustration he didn't. But you know, I, <laughs> I think they're evaluating. I seriously, I think they're evaluating not just his physical but also how he's handling things on the field and interacting with the play, you know, his teammates and stuff like that and dealing with the adversity of maybe st- he feels like he's still his, you know, um, self, but not quite being able to put that all out there, you know, uh, because of the injury, because of the lack of talent around him. And yeah, I, 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 it does look like just the same old from last year toward the end where it was there wasn't much exciting about it, and he wasn't leading the brigade to say, you know. And, you know, maybe he can't with this group because, like I say, he doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. But it just, you know, you take other – you take those what we call other – some of the other franchise quarterbacks, and it seems like they're still able to do more with less – and I'm still waiting to see that from Murray. I don't – it doesn't look like to this point he's been able to do more with, you know, with what he has. And, and that's my – you know, that's probably what they're looking at. And because you got to think about it too, it's not like they can just wave a magic wand and next year all of a sudden we're going to have all this talent around us. This is a building a, – a rebuilding process. And for the next at least couple of years, it's going to be gradually getting better. But it's, you know, unless you hit those home runs in the draft in free agency, it's not going to look dramatically different. And because they have stripped it down so much and, you know – are are they willing to pay Murray for that for the next couple of years? I don't know. Maybe you go out and get a rookie to to build with the other prospects that you're going to be bringing in here. I don't know. It just doesn't look to this point like a great fit to me. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So let's go to this. So I mentioned it a couple times. Zombie football or playing to make business decisions. So they're, they're, the Cardinals are 2-10. and 10. When you look at the draft positioning, they are – Right now, as of right now, unless they go on some win, winning streak, they're locked in for like one of those top three positions, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean? Because you, you, talk, you talk about this from time to time. What does it mean when a player, when the season is pretty much over, starts making business decisions? Can you give me a couple of examples of business decisions? Well, you know, there's all kind of, you know, guys will start to uh, – on the field to see that tackle that they would normally go 100 miles at and you know we're getting closer to the off season or and and this is not just for let's say this jay it's not just for the off season because hey i'm gonna go into the off season healthy so i can take vacations and stuff like that this is also going into the off season just in case you're not part of the plans here or if you're freeze agent and you don't necessarily want to be a part of this i want to be healthy enough so i can go show teams you know in a workout that i'm you know what i can do if i'm you know, all banged up then that might not be the best look for me so you know they start pulling off on some of those tackles they start uh, you know, like as you call it, making those business decisions, they're not gonna pile on and go 100 
something. They might give you 85 and try to make it look like 100, you know, that type of thing. And then what happens, you get a lot of missed tackles. You get guys not running to the ball. You know, you get extended. You know, the other team looks like they're working a lot harder out there because they are. They're working toward getting into the playoffs, toward, you know, trying to get that last wild card spot, whereas we're working toward just finishing the season off and getting to the off season. And that's what it's, you know, that's when it's what it's called making those business decisions. When it's time to start thinking more about myself and my well being than the team's well being because I'm not sure about my my position here or like I said, even some of the high end guys, they know they're gonna be here. Do you want do you want to spend your off season rehabbing or do you want to spend your off season laying on the beach because you're not mandated mandated to be at the facility because you know you're off that injury report. So yeah, there's all kind of different ways. And then you got the guys that are, you know, just trying to be on a roster anywhere they can be. They're going to give you everything they got. But what happens is now you've got a team of a few of these guys, a few of those guys, a few of the other. And it's not – at the beginning of the season, what do we say, Jay? These guys are flying to the ball. Everybody's working hard. You know, they're in there for the cause, you know. Now you get a percentage of each of these different types of guys. And that's when it really starts to look, uh, mm. you know, bad. Because it's not everybody's not on the same page anymore uh, from this point moving forward in the season. So if you're looking at it like that, so for that's from the player perspective, and you've been on the uh, you've been on the coaching side of things, a position coach before. If you if you were a coach, if you were the general manager, how are you? So okay, so let's start it from the coach, and then we'll go to the general manager part of things. So if you were a coach, how do you? How, how do you combat that malaise, that indifference that might be in a certain section of the, of the players in the locker room? Well, as a general manager, you're you you're you want to be visible one to the team. You want to make sure that they know you're still there and you're still evaluating. And you know we have a purpose here, and I need everybody to be on board for what we're trying to accomplish and you know and the, then you start weeding out as well jay there are certain players you're you're starting to see their lack of interest or lack of effort and those are the guys you want to start getting out of here and you'll see what happens is at this time of the year everybody's thinking well why are you guys bringing in players to work out for you know they're bringing in players because they're evaluating you know we need to get rid of the some of the, the, the players that we might not think are here for the long haul for the, you know, for the purpose that we're here. And those guys will start to be weeded out and you're looking for talent from other rosters. You're always, if you're a general manager, your job is never done. You're still working, you know, from the last first day to the last day of the season, looking to find mm-hmm. those pieces that are pieces for here. So, and that means when you're, bringing in that means you're also getting rid of so as a general manager you're always on the job trying to figure out you know yeah we got some guys that uh, don't quite fit what we're doing and you know i'm scouring the the uh, you know the practice squads and the free agent wire the waiver wire and stuff like that because the, the job for a general manager is at the end of the year especially a bad year it's just beginning you're now on the clock not for just the draft but you're trying to like i said get this roster to where it needs to be. So they're always on the hunt and, you know, good general managers just wants to see, make his face seen and let players know that, yeah, don't get too comfortable. And what about lastly, leaving me this, what about the coaches? So if you're coaching, because if you're, if you're a yeller, all of a sudden that yell 
button isn't going over quite as well because there are a lot of people that are they're they're rolling their eyes because I'm looking towards the the end is closer than the than the beginning. Um, what what do you do from a coaching perspective to not only to help your GM weed out those ones you don't want on the team, but to try to get a strong finish to the season? The film never lies, Jay. That's what film study is all about. <laughs> I'm telling you, brother, film never lies. And that's at practice. That's, you know, you all of a sudden you see the, the, the at, don't practice, guys aren't giving you everything they got. And then it's toned down a little bit, obviously, as the season goes on. But it's attention to detail. It's, you know, does everybody know what they're supposed to be doing like they did in week one through five, six, seven, meaning, you know, your assignments. And also now you're correcting more. At this time of the season, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. We've been doing this for a bunch of weeks, and now all of a sudden, you know, guys don't know uh, the changes in the, uh, you know, um, uh, assignments and different things like that. That's when you start to okay. figure, okay. So then, like I said, then, like, the tape, you turn on the tape, bro, whether it's practice or the game tape, and you got that little clicker with that little red dot. And that's what that little red dot is for, to let everybody know, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I'm willing to accept, and Right here, and they do a little circle motion when they circling the player, and, and that red dot is just going round and round. And that's hey, we can't have that. So you know, good coach, you can't let it go at this time of the season. And it's hard, bro. When you get to two and ten, and you know you're looking, and now you got still got seven to go. The good thing is you got the bye week coming up soon. Why they gave the Cardinals? Uh, it's almost like they punished them with a week 14 bye. What, do you, what is the reason for a bye at this point in the season? You might as well just go ahead and finish it on out. I'd be like, look, can we just put, you know scrap that and push, push the other games together and just get them over with? But they will have their bye coming up in a couple weeks. They can get away for a minute and, and try to finish the stretch out. But, you know, um, it, it's rough, man. I've been on a, a couple of those teams where – there's, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is actually a train. It's not sunlight, you know. So it's it's a, it's a rough finish. At, at two and ten, there's not much to look forward to other than, you know, maybe some goals and the incentives that some of the players have. I came across another stat in an article that I read that the Cardinals, this now with another double digit loss season, that this is the 19th time that they've had double digit losses since they've been in the in in the valley. Over the last what thirty five, thirty six, you however many years, but think about that. I mean, it's that's man, that's it. it takes a lot I to change the culture. Been, it, it, still haven't been favored in a game this year either. We got close with the the, the the half point spread there, but still have not been favored in the game at, at home against the Rams team. It was only it came in four and six or whatever they were. So yeah, that's rough one, man. Half point, half point. Half point. <laughs> so <laughs> he is the one and only. He's the one and only Ed Smith. I'm Javon Adams. We do this twice a week, Monday and Thursday. Uh, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here. As always, we are presented by Bet Online. And so when we uh, when we reconvene on Thursday, we'll be talking about the upcoming battle. We're going to uh, where are we going? We're going to uh, goodness gracious, I think Pittsburgh. it's Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Pittsburgh, yes, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah that's going to be. That's, that's going to be an easy game. Yeah. All right, so we'll get into that when we get into that. So until next time, make sure you tell a friend about what we have going on here. I believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And as we always like to say around this time, are you can. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.